0: Nation. Uh, It was one of those pre-show moments. Sorry about that. Uh, Thanks for tuning into the Hobbies web show tonight. Uh, Go GTS Live. I'm Rob Bertrand, your host, Ivan Lovgren, joining me as always. Having a bit of a laugh
1: pre-show. How are you, brother? A laugh at my expense. Here I am being right and people are just laughing instead of taking it seriously, but I'm doing great, Rob. We're going to have some fun On the show tonight, lots of great energy, lots of great discussion, lots of great debate. And we have an incredible guest coming on in just a few minutes. Uh, We are literally going to sit down and talk retail with Panini head of sales, DJ Kazmerzak. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah. Nice. I think you nailed it. Nice. So you you do not want to go away. You want to retweet our pinned tw- our, our broadcast tweet. You want to tag your friends. Let the cook groups know this is the interview in three minutes of the of the year, based on this week's news. And if you've missed that news, well, stay we're tuned. we're going
0: to get to it. Yeah,
1: yeah no doubt. <laughs>
0: We got a lot going on tonight. Uh, in addition to, I'm so glad you said DJ's last name, because now that it's been said once, now we just can refer to him as DJ. Um, so the intro to the interview, no way you already took. Uh, so in addition to DJ, uh, we've got a great poll question. Thanks to James Gale that we'll get to in just one second. Uh, Nearly 50 slide presentation for hobby happenings tonight. Lots going on. Uh, Box breaks from tops and upper deck. Video segments with UFC's Michael Chandler talking Panini UFC prism. Uh, Another video segment about a ticket stub super collector. Hot in the shop. Go GTS Live Q and A and a whole bunch more. But as always, we kick things off with the Go GTS Live Q of the Week poll, which is courtesy of James Gale, the asset. Where do you keep your ultimate high dollar value super mega? This is my hold. Ignore the, the typo. Hold for life collection. Well, it's and- not a typo. It's an it's intentional, an intentional typo. typo. So, Rob, we've been oh, talking I'm about so schooled, much about
1: crypto and NFT. <laughs> so this typo, I don't know where it exactly popped up originally, but basically in the crypto space, that's what you say of somebody that's like they're holding. They're not, gotcha. they're not selling when things go up and down. They're holding. See, I learned something on my own show. So, yeah, I love it. I love it.
0: So, well, anyway, so where where are you guys keeping those? Are they on display for all to see, stowed away in the dark someplace, offsite under lock and key, or other? <laughs> One hundred and forty-six for people. <laughs> <laughs> I started doing that this week too. Um, One hundred and forty-six <laughs> people weighing in so far. Leading the way is stowed away in the dark. So a lot of people might have a safe, a lockbox, and a closet, and binder, you know, whatnot. Um, and then second place on display for all to see. I'm really surprised. Uh, almost 10% off-site under lock and key. That surprised me a little bit that that number was that high. Um, I had to say on display for all to see. I mean, look around me for the most part. But in actuality, I do have a dozen or so cards
1: that are also stowed away in the dark. Well, so Rob, I, I kind of got wrestled with this one, one, cause part of it was ultimate high dollar dollar value, super mega, um, which I don't have a whole ton of those, but I do have this thing that, uh, one of the jewel cases from ultra pro, I don't think they even make these anymore, uh, jewelry display cases, but four cards, do you know Um, what
0: that ivan do you know that the backdrop for our box breaks is taped to exactly one of those things you just showed
1: (laughs) nice (laughs) nice so i've got some incredible things here i've got an ernie banks autograph uh that was a gift from a friend um uh todd munson i've got a thurman munson that was a gift from a friend uh eric those back pages Uh, I've got a couple of Diego Rossi rookie cards. I've got the card that got its own mention in Beckett from Chris Bryant uh, from Mike in Vegas. Uh, EJ Bailey, a good friend, sent me this one of one. So these are my top PC cards for certain, including the card Kevin Gust made from Project 2020. So I have them on display for all to see. The only problem is it's facing me, not my monitor. So literally no one ever sees this because no one comes into my small private room here. But on the surface, they are on display for all to see.
0: What if we started a new weekly segment? What's in your safe? And we have a different collector on, and they show us
1: what's on oh, the lock okay. and key. I like that, because I was like, mine would get boring after one week.
0: Well, but I could yeah, do it. I mean, fun. I was going to say, I could do it one week, you do it the one week, so people see what we're talking about, and then the third week we'll have you know, a guest collector
1: on and show us. I love that. I actually love that idea. Let's see if we can Skype in somebody for five All minutes right. to show off four or five. What's under lock and key. Yeah. All right. Whether it's PC or value, it'll be fun to bring some more of you collectors onto our show. But basically uh, what Rob's not saying is we have a new setup that makes it so much easier to bring guests on with high quality.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I do do want to read some of your alls. uh, Gosh, I try to avoid that. It's big in Ohio. You all y'all. Um, I want to read some of your responses to the question because I thought uh very insightful Donnie R who's at Lil quack 1976 on Twitter only have two cards in a locked fire safe. Both are graded 2015 tops opening day. Mike Trout variations. Rest of my cards are in the closet for anyone that wants to see Uh Fox brain says it's in the attic of my parents' house. I hope the raccoons don't eat it. Uh, SS Gred four gun safe, Ivan gun safe. We were just talking about that before we went on the air. Yeah. I mean, if you be have a lot them. of stuff, you know, if you, if you do have a firearm, if you have some precious metals, if you do have some cards that are under locking <laughs> key and they're in three different places, uh,
1: you're thinking of going the gun safe route to kind of consolidate, right? Well, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, I've got kids now, so there's some documents and things that need protecting too. Also, we do live in an apartment, you know, you can get a smaller safe, but God forbid something happens in the apartment, uh, vandalism wise, you can walk out with one of those. You can't walk out with one of these giant takes up a whole corner safes. Right. So, you know, those were my thoughts. We were having some fun before the show, looking at one that, uh, I thought was I don't know guns super well, so I was convinced it was had space for a bazooka launcher and a, a grenade uh, <laughs> store. I'm pretty sure those are for grenades. <laughs> Rob was saying they're for people that have ten pistols. I'm like, nobody has ten pistols. Those have to be for grenades. I think the number was six. <laughs> but then there's the other pouches. I don't know. Costco has an attractive looking one. Let's just put it that way. And I could think of, they're not exactly grenades, but I could think of a few Lewis Hamilton bombs I could put in those. So
0: there you go. There you go. Well, some of you other people said in my treasure chest, but my PC isn't worth more than a few bucks. I hear you in a super secret location for security. Can't talk about it. I know. Then you'd have to kill me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wax, with those grenades from the gun safe. <laughs> Wax static said, uh, In the PWCC Marketplace Vault. It's one of the services they offer. Uh, Let's see. Littles around, so my safe for now. All right. From Ricky Hedrick, 23. And my house is close to being as secure as Fort Knox. Okay. This is from at Femden. So graded sorting boxes in the office is good enough for me. Oh, there you go. Fair enough. Um, So thank you for everybody that has weighed in. If you haven't, please do so. We'd love to hear from you and we'll update the poll question later in the program.
1: Uh, Yeah, we only had 146 votes. So I know just from looking at the viewership numbers already that this could shift very strongly. So make sure you go to Twitter.com slash GoGTSLive and vote in it. Because we'll come back to it. Um, also, you want to make sure that you go there and click follow if you have not already. If you're excited for the interview today, and that's why you're watching this for the first time, make sure you follow us because we are ripping. Oh gosh, how how much money and stuff are we ripping today, Rob? Uh, almost two grand. About almost two hundred dollars. bucks, yeah. And we're giving away the hits from that. Yes. On Twitter, so you have to engage on Twitter and follow on Twitter. We'll cover that later, but just make sure you check that out. And it was gonna be
0: more, but FedEx in Texas screwed up. Tracy did his Tracy did his job. And uh, we talked yesterday and package out the door of FedEx, whatever. So we're having DJ on, DJ Kasmerzak, VP of product development and sales over at Panini America. And was really hoping to have some Panini product to break later, but I guess it'll be a Panini Palooza next week. (laughs) How are you, DJ? Welcome back to Go GTS Live, my friend.
2: Well, what's up, fellas? You know, I've been wondering all day why why I'm on tonight. I mean, what's 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 going on? Why am I on the show? (laughs) (laughs) Huh? Why could DJ be on the show? We're here
1: to
0: talk about Uh, blockchain, right? (sighs)
2: There's right. a lot to talk, <laughs> lot to talk about. Well, let's
0: nice. let's dive right into the topic at hand, and it really is the topic. Uh, lots of rumors, lots of absolute lies and falsehoods about retail. Um, some growing concerns from a public safety standpoint. Uh, so now Target is temporarily suspending sales of key trading card products, DJ, what's going on? We kind of talked about this a while back, but it's kind of at, I mean, I don't want to use the word crisis, but something has got to change. So what's going on? What's going to change.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so what has happened is there's obviously been a lot of activity and, and target has had, uh, a little bit more activity, let's say than other retailers and by activity, I mean, uh, people not getting along either in the stores or in the parking lot of the stores. And there was a specific incident last week in, in Milwaukee, and you can Google it and see what happened. But it, it led to the closure of a so- shopping center, the whole surrounding area, for about an hour. And and clearly that's that's not a, something anybody wants to, to have happen. So um, on Monday, Target made the decision. And I know this because I've spoken to the buyer directly. So I want to make sure that I clarify my sources because some people on social media don't seem to think that I am aware of what Target might be doing, or I'm just <laughs> guessing. But I, uh, in this in this instance, they've told me what their what their intention is, and they wanted to take a a um, a momentary pause and how long a momentary pause is, is not defined. So I want to be clear. I'm not saying it's going to be one week, but I'm also, I don't have any reason to believe that it's going to be for an extended period of time. And they, there's four uh, areas in trading card area that are affected. And that is the uh, baseball category, the football category, the basketball category and the Pokemon category of all things. And so the other trading cards, uh, whether it be NASCAR, UFC, soccer, pick, pick something else. They're going to be available in-store when there is supply stock, if you will. So it's a, it's a temporary stoppage of in-store selling. Their plan is to try to sell a product online. We're still discussing how that works and how Excel, the category manager, supports that and there's a number of things we still got to work through, but the the bottom line to answer your question, Rob, right now is is that they want to reset, they want to rethink and relook at the trading card space because they want a better customer experience for their customer. They are committed, long term to the category. I mean, they've been involved in trading cards for 20 plus years and they've always had that 24 feet of dedicated space while other retailers have come in out or truncated and expanded their space. Target has always, had that 24 feet of space. Sometimes it was 16 feet entertainment, eight sports. Sometimes it was 12, 12. Sometimes it was 16 sports. You, you get my my drift. So they've they've been a a very valuable partner to our category. So I, I I believe that we and and I owe it to them to give them the time that they need to to reassess the situation. And hope come to I hope they come to a, a, a good, comfortable decision. We're, I, I've provided them some, some thoughts um, and some things, so we're, we're having some dialogue back and forth. But that's, that's simply what's happening. And now as an extension, let me just tag, before we have a, a, a conversation about it, that Walmart has not made any decision like this. Walmart has done nothing, okay? So I I, I saw some things where some stories out of a, a gaming blog uh, or website out of the UK said that both Walmart and And Target had discontinued. Now, I think Walmart, there has been individual stores where a manager may have made a decision, and that does happen. But corporate-wise, Walmart is all in on trading cards. I have a call Monday morning with the DMM and the buyer to continue discussions about future plans and what we're doing. So Walmart is staying the course the way it is now, if that is, if things stay the same.
0: All right. All right. Now, let me ask you something. Ivan, I'm I'm sorry, I'm gonna forget no, go to ask this if I don't do it now. Yeah, um, go
3: ahead.
0: I I wanna be. No, let's put it this way. Can you answer some of the questions you've received on social media that other people have asked, that other collectors have seen that include things that maybe panini could have done yeah before this point and some things that have been suggested raise the price um change the value equation you know silver prisms shouldn't be that cheap and that's why we're having this all this fiasco can you address those two things in particular
2: yeah, first of all, uh, raising prices, that's been done. It just hasn't shown up at retail shelves yet because it takes, you know, uh, three to four months for it to happen. But come September, you will see increased retails. We we are increasing retails uh, in some instances almost 50 percent. Uh, some box blasters, particularly uh, Optichrome. So you're talking about Prism, uh, et cetera. Instead of the box blasters now being a $20 SRP, they're going to be a twenty nine ninety nine SRP. Um, and we've increased all the prices, but it takes, it lags. So okay. that that's one of those where, yes, it, it, absolutely raising price. Now, somebody can come back and say, well, they're trading for or selling for, in some cases, 50, 60 bucks. You should go all the way up there to take the margin out of the middle. Eh, I, you know, if I do that, then any casual consumer that's coming in that does encounter the product is probably not going to sample a product at that high a price. So there's got to be a bit of a compromise sure. in, in in terms of that. And and then as far as value equations, um, you know this is this is one of those things where and I, I don't want to sound um, how how it could be interpreted uh, I don't know, cocky or something, but you can't have it both ways. Okay? You can't have it both ways. If you want Singles that are booking for what they are and trading for what they are—it's because box prices are where they're at. And then again, if the box prices aren't—if the demand is not where it is, which causes the box prices to, to prices to rise, then people don't want the product. A lot of the reason people want to participate now is because it's the thing to do. So it's kind of hard to jockey that. But we build product the way we build product. We can't—you know—that's like asking a home run hitter to go up and bunt. We just don't do it. We build it the way we build it. So, I love it. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, it's it's like tell a tell a product guy just make a an average product. That's just not the way they're wired.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's honest. Ivan, I know you've got questions. Go ahead, brother. Um,
1: I did, but that was so interesting to me to hear that I literally blank. I did what you were worried you were going to do. <laughs> well, when I you think of it, Ivan, of
2: just jump, just jump back in. When you think of it, that's yeah, fine.
1: one of one. No, uh, just kidding. Um, but yeah, so so that is interesting because people always um, you know ask that question, and and I think that they they miss the lead time that comes into these things. So sometimes yeah, feedback from six months ago you do Institute, but it still takes some time because your buyers may have bought a product at a previous purchase point. You can't just raise yeah. that price on them. Um, you know, so w- what other kinds of things uh, uh, this is your chance to educate us, the average collector yeah. a little bit on the things that do grind us, but it's the process that makes it happen. It's not like there's an easy solution. Like what, what else is out there behind the scenes that we don't see?
2: Well, well the first thing I want everybody to know is is that our distribution partners are, are honest people. okay That's the one thing I think that kind of grates on my nerves a little bit if I have to really be honest about some of the things I read and stuff, right They accuse distributors, whether they're hobby distributors like GTS or whether they're retail partners like an Excel marketing that services Target or MJH uh, who services uh, Walmart and, and we work with other. Uh, distributors. Fanatics is another example. People like the rail on fanatics. I'm not going to do business with somebody that I don't trust and and I don't see as a good business partner and that they offer something and they add value as a distributor. So first of all, all our distributors are important to me because I think they add value to the distribution chain. And second of all, I'm not going to get into numbers because that's, you know, the numbers in this industry, when you put a number out, Rob might look at a number and go, oh, yeah, that's a reasonable number. Or Ivan might look at a number and go, whoa, that's a big number. What are you doing? So I don't like to talk in numbers <laughs> yeah. because it's, it's perception, right? But, I mean, let's, we're moving a lot of product. i just be honest with you. I mean, look how many brands we have. We have 150 brands. Uh, releases in a year across, you know, our multiple sports, eight, nine sports that, that we do. Um, Tops is releasing quite a bit of product as well, right? So there's a lot of product to, to, to move through the channel. So it's one of those things where I, 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 I don't like the criticism that the category managers have not done a good job here. Has there been a rep or two that has called a friend and said, hey, I'm going to the store now yeah that's happened and when it has happened and we could prove it we've pointed it out to whichever outfit they belong to and in some cases those people unfortunately have lost their job um i I, you know unfortunately that hasn't happened a lot usually there's a retraining and and that stuff stops but um there's a, a lot of things that happen because we ship product obviously in cases to them and cases in a case of blasters is 20 units in a in a case, and on down the line, and that stuff has to be unboxed, you know, sent then to multiple stores. in, in Walmart's case, almost 4,000 stores, you know, Target's case, 1,800 stores. So there's a lot of work that goes in there. So they there is a lot of value that the distributors add. Um, They're also our eyes and ears to what's going on at retail. I do have a direct communication uh, with both buyers now, the Target buyer and the Walmart buyer. So I do have uh, chances to talk directly to them. But most of the time, we are talking to the category managers. That's where our information is coming from and that's where the feedback is coming from. Quite frankly, that's where we first got alerted last year that um, when I go into service a store now, I have an audience, right? That didn't happen before. And they would say, uh, we, are, we got an audience. And so yeah, so we, we we're trying to figure out, you know, different ways. We we talked to them, and they changed their service pattern. In the case of MJH, they, started, they reversed the order of stores they were doing. They actually started servicing overnight when the stores were closed because for a while, Walmart was actually closing stores at night. I think now that… A lot of states are opening up. They may be going back to that 24-hour thing they used to do. But they were doing overnight service. And, you know, I think the difference between the two chains was, you know, you had appointment buying at Target is, is where they eventually ended up. Fridays, you know, we're going to sell the product. Walmart never did that. And, and I, I think that makes a difference. It's just my honest opinion. I think people know it's there. On one day, they're going to line up, queue up. It's like getting, you know, getting in line for concert tickets or something, right? Yeah. And whereas the other way, it's not. You're trickling people in. And, yes, you may have some times when you got some guys sitting in chairs in an aisle waiting for somebody, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. So those were some of the things that, that go on behind the scenes in terms of that. But, I mean, I, I trust – I want to be clear about this. I trust all of our distribution partners. You know, they wouldn't be working with us.
1: Well, so well, that uh, – it reminded me actually of the the – the, uh, the question, and it, it's a little bit of positive feedback, too. One of the strongest reactions I've seen uh, to the news these past two days has been a number of collectors who say, oh, no, the past few weeks has been the first time I've been able to get retail. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know if you're seeing the, as much positive because I know how much you get hammered. So I wanted to share that I've seen a lot of collectors that do say the one pack or the one item works for them i've also always been curious if that works though for a big box retailer to spend that much time and attention monitoring sports cards where's that balance
2: yeah my concern was when target went to the program my concern was and we've had some inconsistent shipping because of that week we lost back in the middle of february to uh, ice mcgeddon down here when we didn't have power for a week and our printer is here and they got they lost basically seven business days of printing time. So we've been kind of playing catch up since then. So our shipping schedule has been a little ragged, if you will. And so there's been some some weeks where we haven't shipped the normal amount of product that we would, mm-hmm. um, you know, in into in stores. So it's it's been um, inconsistent in in that regard as far as what's available to people. But uh, you know, I read those comments as well about people and so my my concern was was that when we get to a week where we've got 10 trucks going to excel instead of three or four because we're making up for the weeks where we were soft could they get through the inventory in one day because they're they're selling it one day then they're stopping for a week and then selling Mm -hmm. again so i was worried if it would you know just pile up and then they couldn't catch up so that was my concern now obviously now with this um i mean i don't We'll have to see and and what happens with the reset, but that was my concern. But I, I read a lot of the same things. you listen, you guys know me, you've known me for a while. I'm always a glass half full guy, right and And this is one of those things where unfortunately, there's not a perfect solution to this if we If we made it so that you know the product wasn't desirable or less desirable then eventually most everybody wouldn't want to participate in it very much. Um, this is just a, a classic supply and demand challenge. Call it capitalism, but that's what's going on here. And the supply, far, the, the demand far outweighs the supply. And you go, guys know we're capped to a certain extent on how much we sure. can make for a lot of reasons. One, we're in the collectibles business, so we're not supposed to make a ton of stuff. But two, autographs are not infinite. And game Gameborn's not infinite, right? So there are some variables that cap us as to where we can go um, in terms of production anyway. So right now, I'm telling you, I could make 50% more product and nobody would notice. I can't, because I just don't have the access to do it.
0: Let me circle back to something that you mentioned at the beginning. And I think Mm -hmm. this is, this comes back to solutions. What happens after this pause, this reset, or whatever? Yep. You mentioned uh, selling online, and yeah. I know the minute you said that, hundreds of viewers went, "Uh, bots." Yep. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. okay, help help us understand. You know, obviously, Target can do whatever they want. They can say, you know what, we're going to put it all online and that's it and be done with it. Someone can whisper to them and go, hey, have you heard about these bots things? It's really going (laughs) to end up being the same thing, but only online. And they go, I don't care. I'm done with this. Yeah. What conversations do you, the category manager and the buyer have collectively to say, okay, If that's going to be part of the solution, what are you guys going to do to prevent a bot problem?
2: Yep. I've had that conversation with fanatics. I can tell you that because they they obviously, we we make some exclusive product for them. We make exclusive SKUs for them on occasion. And they've been ravaged by bots when that happens. And so I've had lots of conversations about what they're doing. And again, you can, you can, um, you can soften the blow from bots you can't totally eliminate them uh people are rewriting code all the time and that sort of thing but yeah th- that's that's one of my concerns here is that if if target strategy at least for a couple of weeks is to try to sell the equivalent amount of product they would sell in store online i'm i do have concerns i'll be honest with you that it, it will be bot uh heaven for them and the problem is is They've already had one instance where they put up one of our products. I don't remember which one it was, but it really doesn't matter. And their site became unstable because they got they got hammered pretty hard. And you're talking about Target.com. We right. we, we, made, we made Target.com unstable, and that's not that's not a good thing either. So there are constant conversations. Every organization handles it differently. Obviously, when we started doing Dutch auctions for our first off the line. One of the reasons we did Dutch auctions is because we start at outrageously high prices and everybody goes, they're crazy. They're never going to sell. Yeah, we do that because in case somebody wants to bot us, they end up buying product, a lot of it at a crazy high price. And that's, they'll learn their lesson. They won't bot us next time. So that's one of the reasons that we went to that structure. I know everybody thinks we're just greedy. I I hear that all the time. And, um, you know, so that's, that was one of the ways we thought we could slow the bot activity down and it has worked.
0: Very good. Well, listen, I think uh, I hope you got accomplished what you wanted to because I'm pretty sure we got accomplished what we wanted to for the collectors. I think that really kind of sums it up, um, addresses some of the mis misnomers that were out there. And we look forward to talking about continued solutions. And um,
2: hey, yeah. and, I, we're and here. I read all I, I read all the I read. Listen, you know, I don't always respond because, quite frankly, some of the stuff I read is just. Completely untrue. I, I, you know, I don't know if people. A lot of people might not know. Rob does. I, I was a, a television journalist at the beginning of my career for ten years, mm. and what the media has become now in terms of accuracy, it just drives me crazy. <laughs> and 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 uh, you know, I, I saw some things today from reputable sources where they were incorrect about what's going on. So, I just want everybody to know that I do read what people post. I see the ideas. I see all the different viewpoints and. Listen, everybody, everybody ha- is passionate about the industry, and I appreciate that, and we're, we're going to work as hard as we can to come up with better solutions. We're still working on the Kids Crate program I talked about last time I was on the show that's, that's imminent. We're, we're, we are not dismissing this. I know a lot of people think we don't care. We do care, but it's not really an easy answer or solution.
0: There it is, man. I love it, Thanks. DJ. Always succinct, to the point, and on target. Uh, you're welcome back anytime. You know that. Appreciate you, sir.
2: Absolutely. You guys have a good night.
0: You too. You bye bye, DJ. Bye. Uh, great stuff. Lot of good information there, um, and you learned something. Um, because it, there's a lot of moving components. Uh, I didn't even think about the delay of the, of rollouts after decisions are made, Ivan. That was a great point that yeah. you elaborated on with
1: DJ for yeah. sure. Me too, because I think it was about four or five months ago we had DJ on to talk about retail, and that was one of our suggestions. Yep, was like let's be honest, the part of the the part of the demand. It's not. I don't know if it's a problem or not. Is that you have a better chance. You have like a five times better chance of getting a silver prism in a blaster now for the price than you do in a hobby box. <laughs> like that's yep. part of what's going on. <laughs> like, no wonder I, I, you know, I'm chasing prism blasters left and right too, because a hobby box is a thousand dollars. The market has set that. And yet I have a, you know, uh, I'll get a silver prism rookie from a blaster. Well, yeah, I'd so much rather buy. What is that? You know, 50 blasters for the price of one hobby box. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so very great from DJ. Lots of cool stuff there. Um, I do want to just throw out cause I saw it in one chat and I'm guessing it was in the others. Yeah, lots of questions, blockchain, the kids crate program, you know, uh uh you know, even the the hashtag question. Um it, basically we just didn't have enough time. We knew that we had 20 minutes or less with DJ. So it was all about retail tonight, but we will try our best to get him back on cuz he's he's great to talk to, you know. Oh, he yeah, doesn't hide things, you know. Yeah. So, love it. Absolutely love it. All
0: right. Well, we got yeah. Uh, oh, ooh.
1: I mean, I see
0: Paps Beer 8 in our chat. Yeah, he could definitely handle it. Um, everybody heard that, right, James?
1: oh <laughs> okay can you repeat they got that to watch us listen that's important uh, <laughs> the voice from god uh, so uh we had
4: a, a a troll in the twitch chat uh i that's the only chat i have the energy and ability to watch while doing the show and i removed some of their messages they uh have not returned but i put them on timeout And so um, I just – we're going to make Pab Spear a a moderator. if He posts in the chat and says I'm up to the challenge. Very cool. Very cool. I would hope so. (sighs)
0: Sorry, guys. I got to make a quick note there. All right. (laughs) Same thing. I was like, don't start yet. I forgot to get my script up. (laughs) It's it's just – A lot of moving pieces tonight. And yeah, yeah, don't be a troll. Uh, Glad you caught that. Oh, So as we are um, waiting to take a look at some hobby happenings, just to uh, kind of recap a little bit more on DJ's conversation, we'll wait to hear from James in my ear that we're ready to go. But, you know, he, he has been around a long time. He's done this, and he does have... A lot of the answers, and he's also open and willing to try new things. And so, knowing that him, the category manager, and the buyer at Big Box are all involved in looking at solutions, um, hopefully they get this worked out. Ultimately, at the end of the day, like I was kind of alluding to, it's ultimately the store's decision. And hopefully they do the right thing when it comes to investing in IT to fight bots if they're going to move a chunk of their business online. Now, the only problem with that is it still really it defeats the whole purpose that DJ was alluding to of those first time and buyer experiences at retail, you know, that entry level. And so I hope that they're able to keep product around in some capacity because you want it to be accessible bottom line so um but yeah we've got a lot going on we aggregate it all in a weekly segment that we like to call hobby happenings news notes and nuggets from around the web about this hobby you know and love well this Right here is the football that Tom Brady threw to complete his first touchdown pass in the NFL, (laughs) and it's selling for over $105,000 through Leland's auctions in extended bidding tonight. It's a unique piece of sports history that has been with the seller who wished to remain anonymous since the game on October 14th, 2001. That day, the New England Patriots played the San Diego Chargers with Brady leading the team to a 29-26 overtime thriller. That year, the team went 11-5, and completely flipping the script from the previous season's 5-11 and record. And Brady's first taste of NFL on-field success was made
1: with this ball. Very cool. You got to wonder if Tom himself isn't bidding on that. No doubt. Bloomberg reports that a new sports memorabilia show with Golden Auctions is currently in the works. Sports Collectors Daily had the full details, including the fact that one of the people spearheading the Golden Show is none other than Brent Montgomery, who was the executive producer of a previous sports memorabilia reality TV show some of you might remember, Ball Boys. He was also a driving force behind the runway hit, pawn stars two years later montgomery eventually sold his company left field pictures and he's now the ceo of wheelhouse entertainment which has produced a large number of entertainment shows bloomberg sources indicate montgomery has partnered with former espn 30 for 30 producer connor shell who recently started his own production company with financing from get this the churnin group (laughs) if you've been paying attention to all the cogs and behind the scenes workings, that is the same firm, which recently poured $40 million into golden auctions. See how that all works.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, Ivan, do you remember that show ball boys from that last story? Oh, you got to put me on the hot seat here, huh? Well, it's okay. (laughs) If you don't, I do. I caught every episode. Well, To give everyone a taste of what the flavor of the show was all about, watch this. It's pretty cool.
4: Every great moment in sports leaves something behind. I'm Robbie Senior. My son Junior and I have been buying and selling sports history for over 20 years. It's a 1927 scorecard. You recognize this name? Babe Ruth. That's awesome. If it'll make us cash, we're going to buy it. If it's rare, we're going to find
2: it. This bat is Jackie Robinson. Wilt
4: Chamberlain. Like This, this is guy. cool.
5: I'm wearing his coat. One of the greatest things about being here is you never know what's going to come through that door. Original 1938. Tiger Stadium turns south. This is
4: grass from famed Cleveland Municipal Stadium. 1944 Philadelphia Eagles. Is that? D. Clark Gable? What position did he play on that <laughs> team? The atmosphere in my store, it's kind of like a barbershop. See? Ah, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> hey, how old are Look at that. My dad has endless connections in the sports world. Senior, how Hey, what's man. up with you, buddy? I didn't come in here, you know, for no $600. <laughs> you got any of my autographs in here? Of course, of course I do. I see Johnny Bench's shirt. What's up with that? <laughs> you can come in and talk sports all day long. There's going to be another Jordan.
0: Now that's where we disagree. Let me tell everybody what makes Michael Jordan the greatest of all time. The P-8.
4: It's just a make believe position. So I just make believe Eddie Murray hit this 500 home run. Oh, no, he head. hit it. He hit it, okay. but I guarantee you, he, he wouldn't have sure. hit it if he had to be a regular player.
5: Arguing my dad is like playing for the
4: Astros. No matter what you do, you're never going to win. It's a knockoff. I'd never buy this thing. It's my store. If I see something I like, I buy it. I'm not going to let you make a profit of $350 to double your money. That's insulting to me. What are you looking for? I'm thinking like five grand. Who? I'm looking at 5,700, 5,800. You gotta be tripping! Come on now. When it comes to sports history, we ain't playing around. Vince Lombardi's cleats. Wow. How in the world did you get a World Series trophy?
3: I would value it at 15
4: to $20,000. It belongs in the Green Bay Packer Hall of Fame. Sound like we got a deal. We got a deal. It's unbelievable. Thank you so much. This scrapbook was done by two kids in the early part of the 20th century. This to me is the most impressive piece of sports memorabilia I've ever seen. These are the actual hoops used
1: in Madison square garden for
4: the New York Knicks. Let's get it. I would say that this thing is worth probably over $2 million. We are the ball boys. So yeah,
0: uh, really cool show. I mean, just kick back, watch guys hang out with famous athletes, make buys at a, at a store. Um, it's a great shop. So anyway, uh, you can find episodes online, um, so be sure to check it out if you're
1: interested. Yeah, to fill that gap until this new show on the hobby debuts. Yeah, exactly. looks good. Uh, everyone knows soccer is huge right now in the collecting world, and Topps Match Attacks, you might be surprised to find out it's not just a game. That's right. Tops has a new product, Match Attacks Extra 2020-2021, which features 284 cards with the latest squad updates, club captains, 100 club, new time to shine, uh, position switch cards, and more. So check out this awesome commercial Tops produced to promote soccer cards
3: even more. Match Attacks Extra, it's crunch time in the season, calling all ballers, tricksters, and match winners step up and collect the biggest superstars from Europe's best clubs. The time is now. New cards, new ratings, plus real autograph cards. Match Attacks Extra,
0: out now. So I don't know if you guys have seen this, and and I know they've been doing it for a while now, but I, I wanted to make sure it was actually going to be a regular thing before reporting on it. So Fanatics does these signings called Fanatics Live, and it's basically a fan interactive Zoom call with a featured athlete who then proceeds to do a live and engaging Q&A with the fans while signing items for Fanatics. I think this is really, really cool. CeCe Sabathia was a recent guest. He was great. And the easiest way to catch the next event is just to follow Fanatics on Twitter.
1: These have been fun to watch. Highly recommend it. Uh, if I can add a plug on there, a few weeks back, Chipper Jones was on. And our friend Jimmy Mahan at Kentucky Cards and three or four other collectors from the Twitter world were on with Chipper. So See, that's awesome. I check it. out the CC, check out the chipper. It's a really cool new program from Fanatics. Uh, this next story, I am so pumped to share. I even teased it on Twitter earlier today because this is awesome. A, a rare, great story from TMZ. <laughs> You'll be surprised to read a positive one. They wrote Wayne Gretzky is not only the great one on the ice, but clearly off of it too. Because the NHL legend made a fan's life by re-autographing a rather unique item. And the story is awesome. Back in 1986, a little boy and his mother ran into Gretzky, but they had one problem. They had no hockey memorabilia for Wayne to sign. We've all been there, right? So mom thought quickly on her feet handed over her little boy's Nike shoe and Gretzky (laughs) gladly slapped his John Hancock on it. The piece actually came out pretty cool. It's a baby shoe with Wayne Gretzky's signature on it. (laughs) But 30 plus years later, the signature faded and the boy who had kept it all that time was heartbroken. So much so he says he tried everything he could to get in touch with Gretzky to have him re-sign the shoe. Fortunately, after years of reaching out He posted his story on a Facebook group's page. So, A, social media works, collector groups work, and get this, the team over at Upper Deck eventually caught wind of it and decided to jump in with a helping hand. Upper Deck was able to ultimately get the shoe in front of Gretzky, and after explaining to him the story of it all, (laughs) the Great One gladly signed it again. The piece is now truly incredible, especially because Gretzky wrote one of one on it <laughs> alongside his signature. And Upper Deck went the extra mile and authenticated it as well as sent it back to the fan who couldn't have been more grateful. Quote, I can't thank everyone enough that helped get this done, the fan said. This shoe will remain in my family forever. If I thought it was priceless before, it has now become even more priceless, if that's possible. Incredible story. That is so awesome. Awesome. I'm jealous you got to
0: read it. It was awesome. It's so cool. Goosebumps. Um, Meet Paul Jones, aka Foulball Paul, the man with the most baseball cards on planet Earth, and it isn't even close. This week, MLB.com showcased Paul in a feature article about his $3 million plus card collection. Many of you might recognize Paul from either The National, Hobby Magazine cover appearances, social media, uh, subject and jack of all trades, the movie. But it's the story of how he got started collecting that I really loved about this article. I guess the story goes that while nine-year-old Paul was attending a local Triple A Las Vegas Stars game, His dad bought him a team set of cards, brought Paul down to the railing where the other kids were begging players for autographs. But Paul, who is autistic, had just begun talking more and more uh, recently, but fell silent. He stood there more like a statue, as his father, Barry, described. Players walk by and they're looking at him because they're waiting for, can I get an autograph? Uh, Barry said and so what happens is the manager walks by Tim Flannery and he turns to Paul and he says hey would you like my autograph and Paulie nods his head Tim takes his cards and he finds his card and he signs it and he looks at the other cards, sees they're not signed turns to him and says hey would you like to go into the locker room and get the rest of the card signed?" well. Uh -uh. Paul looked back, smiling at his dad, who was, of course, saying, go, go. Paul walked with Flannery into the player clubhouse, had all of his cards signed and almost immediately developed a love affair with baseball and baseball card collecting. There's a lot more to the article. It'll bring a smile to your face. Be sure to read the full article for yourself.
1: That's absolutely incredible. Um How am I supposed to talk about cards and money after that? Um, But that's why this hobby is so special and so fun is that they can all come together. Uh, ESPN ran an article on cards this week titled – well, on sports memorabilia titled Inside the Mysterious World of Missing Sports Memorabilia. And with several well-known industry experts, uh, they spoke to come up with this list of the top six missing pieces of sports memorabilia seemingly lost to history, starting with that Tom Brady foot, no, uh, (laughs) starting (laughs) with the chip shots seen around the world. 50 years ago, on the moon, Alan Shepard hit two of the most watched golf shots ever. And of course, those golf balls are still there. Somewhere waiting for Elon on April 15th, 1947, Jackie Robinson made his MLB debut at Ebbets field in Brooklyn, New York. When Robinson stepped up to the plate that day, he became the first black player in major league baseball history, thus paving the way for decades of incredible athletes and players to come. But the Jersey he wore in front of 26,000 plus people is missing to this day. Bobby Thompson's 1951 home run remains one of the most famous walk-offs in Major League Baseball history. His bat, glove, and cleats reside in Cooperstown, but arguably baseball's most hallowed piece of rawhide has yet to be found, despite many people claiming to possess the treasure through the years. And then there's this ball. In the bottom of the ninth in Game 1 of the 1988 World Series, Kirk Gibson looked more likely to collapse in the batter's box than craft a timeless Los Angeles and baseball sports moment, especially against A's closer Dennis Eckersley, who hadn't allowed a home run since late August that year. Then, as Vin Scully famously crooned, the impossible has happened. That famed ball, however, is still missing today. This next piece, if it ever existed, would be worth a fortune. Shoeless Joe Jackson's stolen alleged confession to his role in fixing the 1919 world series has never seen the light of day. Might be hanging out somewhere with Jimmy Hoffa, but can you imagine finding that? It doesn't exist. He never never confessed. A a white Sox fan wrote this piece. (laughs) In April 2000, finally, when Carrie Ryman sold Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point ball for more than $550,000 at an auction, it caused quite a stir. It was the world's most expensive basketball and one of the loftiest sports tokens ever sold. And then the sale was nullified a month later over questions of authenticity. The ball has never been found. It's crazy. Good
0: stuff. Uh, and if you want to find that article on ESPN, they talk about what, how much those things might be worth. Pretty interesting. Last week, we told you about the Green Bay Packers, AJ Dillon, streaming live on the Loop app last weekend. Well, what happens when Dillon pulls his own card? <laughs> Watch this. <laughs>
3: No, no way. I'm going to save this one for the end. I'm going to save this one for the end. Oh, man. All right. We got an Alex Smith. And then I don't know if I can autograph this. There's already an autograph on it. That's fire. We got an AJ Dillon, uh, me, Uh, out of 99, out of 99, 25 out of 99 out of select. It's up to you. Do you want me to double auto it? Rides, it, it, I can I can auto the back, or you can sign the patch. All right, I got. I don't think I think this one's too thick, so either black or gold. Which one do you want, Rye? Gold, bet. That's fire. That is thick. All right, Rye with the first ever AJ Dylan pulled on Dylan's deals. first select double auto as well in the world that's fire That's sick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this has I, been a fun show. <laughs> I mean, it's, that's not even us. That's AJ Dillon just doing what we all as collectors I
0: want. He, what he just? I mean, he seems like you could just hang out with the guy. You know.
1: I mean, not only that, but I've been saying for years when like the tip of the marketing iceberg has not even been hit in the hobby. Like, that's the tip of it. Finally, right. Incredible job, Loop, making that happen. Awesome of you, A.J. Dillon, to be a collector yourself and an athlete and do that. Uh, Just fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, So no surprise, Michael Jordan, he's been retired for a while, but he keeps breaking records. This is the only known Michael Jordan game-worn North Carolina Tar Heels basketball jersey. And it sold for an astonishing $1.38 million last Saturday with Heritage Auctions. Chris Ivey, Heritage's director of sports auctions, said in a statement, quote, over the last year, Heritage has set dozens of world records in the red-hot Michael Jordan collectibles market, and now we're extremely proud to have shattered the records for a Jordan game-worn jersey. Shattered? Whoa. So, what was the previous record price paid for a Jordan game-worn jersey? $480,000. That's a $900,000 difference, right? (laughs) (laughs) And according to Sports Collectors Daily, that previous sale was an MJ game-worn Bulls uniform from the 1986-87 season, which sold just last October in a, get this, heritage auction sale. Was it really bragging if you beat your own record? Yeah. (laughs) Congrats, (laughs) Heritage. (laughs) 480? I mean, almost three times. It's it's crazy.
0: Um, Speaking of Heritage, they had another big weekend, even aside from the record-breaking Jordan jersey. The 1909-11 T206 Honus Wagner card graded a PSA 1.5 net nearly $2.3 million, establishing a new high mark for any Wagner T206 graded below a three. And the second highest selling item in the auction was one of the modern card hobby's hottest issues, a 2000 playoff contenders Tom Brady championship ticket. It's numbered 34 of 100, graded 8.5 by BGS with a 10 autograph grade. It went for nearly $1.6 million.
1: Crazy. Sports Collectors Daily reports that after being inundated with orders earlier this spring after PSA suspended most of their services, SGC raised the base rate for trading card authentication and grading from $25 to $75 per card. However, if you fast forward a little over five weeks... SGC is now saying that they're not only caught up, but have lowered the cost back down to $30 per card with a turnaround time of 20 to 25 business days. So, see, it does happen.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah. Hey, Ivan. Look at this. Yeah. That's right, my friend onyx vintage collection basketball is coming this summer stay tuned for more details man our guy
1: lance fisher and onyx are on fire lately it's crazy that it's hitting me right now why was no one doing that sooner (laughs) <laughs> we'll talk about that after the segment, because we've still got some good big news. Uh, get this, Collectible App CEO and former Go GTS Live guest, Ezra Levine, was a guest on Barstool Sports this week. So he's going down a bit in his uh, shows, but that's OK. We'll forgive him. Uh, spreading the hobby message to the mainstream. Here's a quick clip from that Barstool Sports interview.
5: Is this a brag or is it a good investment or is it both? Or is it too soon to tell?
2: So yeah, you know, look, we, we always say this is the perfect intersection of passion and profits. We say okay. that all the time, right? Okay. Again, you know, that's I try to be very careful my yeah. words, right? So yeah. there, there's no guarantee of future yep, sure. returns. All, Disclaimers, all, all let's go. Stuff, yep. All that good stuff. Um his, historically speaking, I'll speak historically, right, because that's factual. Uh, there are a couple indices which suggest that high-end sports collectibles uh, have dramatically outcomped more traditional investments like the stock market. There's one index which suggests, since 2008, uh, the high-end sports card market uh, has has outperformed stocks by 500%,
0: 500%. All right. And now, three different hobby-related crime stories. And this is getting ridiculous, but thanks to Sports Collectors Daily for keeping on top of all this. So first up, uh, as alluded to by DJ earlier this evening, um, a dispute between five men over the weekly distribution of retail boxes at a Milwaukee area target erupted into a fight outside the store. That's when one man who was on the receiving end of the assault Pulled a gun, according to reports by multiple Milwaukee media outlets. Police were called where they learned a 35 year old man was attacked by four men who ranged from 23 to 35 years old. During the assault, the victim, who held a concealed carry permit, took out his weapon and pointed it at the attackers, who then left. They were arrested soon afterwards. So, good on the Second Amendment there. Next, a suspected sports card thief was tasered after running away from police officers at an antique mall in Wildwood, Florida. (laughs) What amendment is that? Police were summoned because the individual was suspected in the previous theft of baseball cards, according to a report from the Wildwood Police Department. And then, in another hobby-related smash-and-grab, police seek clues in an Alabama hobby shop heist where the thief escaped with over $10,000 in unopened sports card product. So, guys, come on. It's just cardboard. Stop it. And, oh, great. Now look what you did. And, yep, as we know, this has been confirmed. Effective nationally. The Target will pause sales of popular trading card boxes starting tomorrow. And that's a look at this week's hobby happenings. Wow, it's not going worth going
1: there. to jail over.
0: No, it's not worth going to jail. That's, that's sage advice from Ivan. It's not
1: worth going to jail over if you're trying to profit in the hobby and that's your only option dm me i have a job for you (laughs) like i can help you make money and not go to jail all right (laughs) let's let's talk it's not that hard so um that said absolutely crazy um, lots of crazy news, uh, Rob. Actually, can I tease that other story while we get queued up for the other one? I, I know I talked about it next week, but it actually goes hand in hand with it. The, really the does, Luke yeah. Piece.
0: Something that got slightly left off of hobby happenings was a Sun Times article that I knew Ivan would enjoy. Ivan, please well, share it with the audience. Yes.
1: So, again, local articles don't always get all the national play they deserve. But in one of those summaries of all the all the Cubs news for the day on May 9th, Jared Wiles for the Sun-Times reports that Jake Marisnik has introduced the hobby to his teammates in the Chicago Cubs (laughs) clubhouse. I love it. Uh, you know that that and then David Ross the manager is quoted as saying they're into some of the new basketball cards, baseball cards, collecting those, opening up packages, everybody's around. It's like <laughs> a huge ordeal when somebody gets a new box and you're going through it. Like so imagine like these are still humans. These are still guys, they're still dudes, they're still, you know, young guys now. Gosh, I'm I'm older right. than most of the baseball players on the team. So they get excited too. It's going on in clubhouses. And that's what I'm talking about. For, for years, I've been saying it. And then when Gary Vee came in and people said, oh, the hobby's too inflated. It's too crazy. I can still name 20 friends in my cell phone who are not yet collecting. But more and more people are getting back into it. The money, the money is one thing. But it also means that it gets attention, which means a Jake Marisnik may walk into the dugout and then him and Anthony Rizzo. And David Ross are talking about it, you know, like that's, that's more money deal. and more that's attention into the deal. hobby. And, and yeah, you know, how much would you like to see Anthony Rizzo breaking cards like that? You know, absolutely. Or name your favorite player here. So super, super, super fun.
0: All right. So let's dive into our live box break segment for this evening. And we're going to kick it off with a product that we were excited to hear about when it was solicited. Didn't know if we'd actually get our hands on it because um, in that interview with Mike Phillips, you know, we talked about how supply is not going to hit even close to demand on this. And that was reflected by its thousand dollar release price.
1: Yeah. I was just going to ask Rob, the last time that artifacts of golf came out, What was the MSRP then? What was it selling for then? Actually, the last time
0: uh, there's never been an artifacts golf product, so it's a hard comparison. But it was the last golf product wasn't anywhere
1: near what this is. Well, I know in 2014 they had a they had a golf product that was a little more chunky. That's how I describe something like this. Um, And I think it was like what 80 bucks maybe. Yeah, that sounds 90. about right. <laughs> <laughs> so demand is through the roof. Some of the sport's biggest names, men and women, present and past, including 10 of the top 35 in the world on the men's checklist right now. Number three, Justin Thomas. Number six, Bryson DeChambeau. Matthew Wolf and Colin Murakawa. Uh, Danielle Kang on the women's checklist, who's number Ooh, four beefy. right now.
0: eBay 101. Number 25 of 25 on card auto Whoa. of Luke list with a dual patch 25 of 25 right out of the <laughs> gate autograph wow. patch with awesome. a low number and it's an artifacts rookie. Fantastic. Where's my folder? Got uh, old school Byron Nelson here. there.
1: What day is today? Oh, she- five. Shea Rebby. I got to go get my prize folder open, too.
0: Maria Juntengarn. Juntengarn. LPGA represented oh nice how about a uh, big drive fragments from ben crane very cool shirt swatch there and francisco millenari I think Artifacts is such a great brand for golf. Tom Lovelady, some guy named Tiger Woods, hey, how about his niece Cheyenne Woods, red parallel number to 249, and Angela Stanford. Lori Kane Artifact Rookies Justin Sue LPGA Sue O Ah Friend of the program Blair O'Neill She was an autograph guest For GTS At an industry summit A while back Oh that's pretty cool
1: Yeah Who was the uh, The name on that Autograph again Uh,
0: Luke Luke List Lizette Salas Brandon Grace Artifacts Rookies Oh nice Danielle Kang Oh Nice It's a good hit It is a good hit I got a I at least penny sleeve that.
1: These are true rookies. Can give me a second to get a screenshot once you have that done. Card number seventy-eight. Good. Uh, kind of. I don't know why it's really. It's not sharp in the camera, but that might just be unfixable. On my end. So, yeah, and you can move on with the uh, opening H- stuff. Henrik <laughs> Stenson.
0: Uh, double, double, don't like that. Orum Maverick
1: McNeely. Ooh. I guarantee you that's awesome in person, even though there's no way for the uh, camera to adequately do it justice. Here, that's that's a little bit better. Actually, that's a lot
0: of it better. Well, it's better, but it still is not. Yeah, it still doesn't do it any justice. Those are SPs, so we should give that away. Jason Dooner. Pat Perez, Cameron Beckman. Ooh, we got a second. Or um, Tony Fanu. I'll give both of these and the uh, Danielle Kang rookie to one winner.
1: Whoa. That's awesome.
0: There's Blair again. Uh, Lexi Thompson, rookie. All right, why don't we do this? We're going to split the orums and the two lady rookies. This one is numbered to 999. Is the, it, is the Daniel Chang so numbered also? It is, and it is much... No, you're not that's a thirty-three? You're kidding me. Holy cow, hold on a second. What? We almost blew by the biggest hit. <laughs> all right, don't take back what I said about uh giveaway, what we're giving away. We'll sort that out later. Yeah, <laughs> They're not getting right orums with that. <laughs> Thir- nope, 99. we're not throwing any no, other right, bonuses all right, all right, in there all right. with it. I got my glasses on, I'm sorry. Thirty eight of ninety nine, and it's that's incredible. still incredible. Really yeah, I know.
1: So, really, see, yeah. So, wow, she's the one from this product that people have been DMing me and saying, keep an eye on. You know, number four in the women's tour right now. And this is her first trading card ever. um, Plus, the international appeal, similar to what we saw with Naomi Osaka in tennis, where it's like, you know, people on multiple continents are fans of Danielle Kang. Wow. Yeah, very cool. The last two
0: cards, just real quick, Morgan Pressel and uh, KJ Choi.
1: Wow. Okay. I mean, I'm going to try to find – there is – I don't even think there's close to a comp on that yet. The base is going for 80. Wow. All
0: right. We're going to do – let's see. The Orums with the Lexi Thompson. Okay. Okay. So the two Orums That that makes sense. And the Lexi Thompson – to 999 rookie. Okay, we go with that. We go Danielle on her own number to 99, the chunky Luke list number to 25, and then someone else gets the Ben
1: Crane. I mean, that's literally her first card and it's 299. Wow. Like how many of those I <clears throat> think will be out there. Exactly. That's fantastic. How yeah. fun. <laughs> oh. uh, so i'm actually gonna i gotta change the order of these so so that one's four got winners it. you got them bro uh no i got three of them what was the fourth one okay we got one the we about: daniel kang ben crane ben crane there we go all right cool got it yeah so i got those four Um, I'm trying to work on the perfect.
0: (laughs) You take your time, I'll clean up a little bit before, and then I'll talk a little bit about this next product, which I know you're gonna wanna be paying attention to, so I'll wait. Do you know how much Ivan loves soccer? Well, we've got Topps Museum Collection Champions League. Every box contains one of each card, an autograph card, an autograph relic card, and a relic card so three hits and you guys know who plays in the champions league so there could be some big
1: hits waiting um ivan you let me know when you're ready uh i'm ready as soon as our friends that are watching go to twitter.com go gts live in order to enter to win those soccer hits Uh, golf hits. I'm so confused. There's a helicopter overhead. (laughs) Danielle Kang out of 99. I cannot believe that. I can't believe we're giving that away. I've got a bid in on the only one that's out there right now. Like that's how much I can't believe we're giving one away. (laughs) Um, so yeah, so twitter.com slash go GTS live. There's a tweet up that you can retweet in order to enter to win. You also have to be following us on Twitter and you have to be watching at the end of the show when we announce winners in order to win so do those three things and be right back here or do those while you're here depending on how you're watching this um because that's insane it's insane all right but yeah museum collection this is actually um people have been saying the boxes are loaded part of it is because the checklist is small So there's not a huge checklist on this one, which means it's uh, hopefully we'll get some good hits tonight. But if we don't, that just means there's even more out there for all of you
0: uh,
1: when you open it. So very cool to be able to preview this product with all of y'all. All
0: right. Good looking cards, as we should expect from Museum Collection. Started off with a rookie of Ryan Gravenberch. This rookie is a regular base version, not numbered. Ansufate, I know you like him. Oh, yeah,
1: that's the FC hit. See Barcelona. That's, what, <laughs> that's the guy we're chasing. No chance that's numbered, is there? No, I'm just sorry. the base card. That's the base.
0: Uh, numbered to ninety-nine. We have you. You.
1: Yoosofa Mokoko Yusafa Mokoko who is the second guy that you'd be chasing out of this and uh, it's a rookie is there any way to get that sharper? my goodness hold it further back from the camera maybe Ah uh, is that just me? Why is it so pixelated? James is there any any idea why that is? Oh it's like zoomed in so much further than. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Uh,
0: so we'll be giving that away for sure, and then um, yeah, we're probably gonna have to give this card away. How about a Robert Wendowski Red Parallel number to just twenty five? All right. So we haven't even gotten to the hits yet, really, and we've already given away two cards.
1: That's yeah. This is a this is freaking going really well.
0: Philippe Anderson number 275 Philippe Anderson
1: now I don't know much about him which doesn't necessarily mean he's not great also number
0: 275 we have a kit auto card of Danny Carvalha Danny Carvalho. Oh, uh, next we have our relic card. Colorful swatch there. Numbered to just 50 of Terrace Stepananko. Ooh, no idea there. And last but not least, one more rookie card. This one of Jamal Musela.
1: Another Jam- good rookie card. So this was a great base card pack okay on the autos, but great base card pack with the, um, and that's what I'm talking about. Checklist small enough that you can hit four good base cards in one box, uh, between the Fati rookie, the Musala rookie, um, the, uh, Mukako yellow or gold. All right. Mukoko. This is what I'm
0: going to do. We're going to pair up the, the Musala. And the, the Stempanako jersey. So that'll be a combo to one winner. These will go individually. So that's three. And then I'm going to make somebody very happy and just put those together. The uh, USAFA and the Lewandowski.
1: So th- four total winners. Wait. so. Yusafa and Lewandowski are different winners, right, Then the Musiala and then Fati with another one?
0: No, I can't I was see gonna... the pictures
1: because I'm looking at oh, the uh, spreadsheet. Yeah, no,
0: no. It's Lewandowski and Yusafa is one.
1: Someone's going to be really happy.
0: And then the Stempanako and the Musiala rookie to somebody else. And then the two...
1: Auto separately, so four winners. Carval auto and so besides Caraval, who is the other one? The Anderson. Anderson. Got it. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah, that Mukako uh looks like it's sold for 150 plus. So that's a pretty cool, pretty cool freaking hit. Awesome. Awesome box of tops. Museum Bundesliga. So go to Twitter.com UEFA's league.
0: Oh gosh. Bundesliga. I think is next week.
1: UEFA museum. Oh my goodness. This Jersey's got me all thrown off. Yeah. UEFA champions league. All All
0: All right. One more box tonight. Excuse me. Okay. A little baseball in the form of tier one, two autographs inside, two auto cards, and two autos and a relic. Okay. So basically, similar format to this other one. Beautiful. Love the old guys. Bat auto numbered to a hundred of Jim rice. That's my kind of collecting right there, baby.
1: That does look good.
0: Uh, on card auto of rookie Evan white numbered to 300. And also on card and numbered to 300, Gio Urshela. So we'll mail all
1: three of those to three lucky winners. Evan White, auto Gio Urshela, auto and Jim Rice, auto. Did you say that was a bat or a patch bat? Nice awesome three winners there give me two seconds to get the tweet out um
0: do you have a second box do you guys mind doing this again a second box (laughs) oh a second box of artifacts what
1: what rob's got the rip love (laughs) he doesn't want to let it go he doesn't want to stop it i like it
0: All right, here we go. You know what I noticed? Upper deck boxes usually have a security seal on them. Both of these boxes didn't have one. It's very unusual for upper deck. Okay, guys. I'd like to see one of those uh, sawgrass sand cards. That'd be pretty cool. Jack Nicholas, Paula Kramer. <laughs> How about a Danielle
1: Kang, the regular one numbered the 999. <laughs> These came from a hot case. I'll bet you yeah, the one one is somewhere in the same case. Annika Sorenstam. I mean,
0: that is some tremendous three women right there: Paula Kramer, Annika Sorenstam, and Danielle Kang. <clears throat> Natalie Gulbis. She's one of my favorites. Oh, <laughs> look at that. Wow. Lexi Thomas ball marker artifact with the upper deck logo on it. Wow. Is that numbered on out of anything? No, this is a manufactured golf ball marker. That's pretty cool. Nice. And that's why they call it artifacts. So we'll give that Kang away. We'll give that away. Uh, Mark Wilson and the great Nancy Lopez. I was running out of decoy cards for shipping. That's why artifacts (laughs) is always good for that. Alexander Bjork rookie Adam Hadwin Some of these guys you don't know about but you got to pay attention to the rookies in this product
1: Arnold Palmer Now David, Is that just such an old photo that it's black and white or is that a is that a parallel that they're doing in this That's just
0: it's like the one of Byron Nelson that was black and white too Just an old photo Uh, Michael Thompson. Hey, he was a winner not too long ago. Ashara Munoz. Shirt
1: relic. Harris English. I don't know. Ripping these cards makes me want them to get sponsors on their shirts so we can get some chunkier patches. (laughs) So I don't care about the game. I don't care about any of that. I just want chunkier patches for our Uh, cards.
0: Layman. Uh,
1: Michael Thompson, parallel
0: number to 249. And
1: uh, Juiced Luton. Juiced Luton. Now, I'm confused that parallel to 299 is like fiery red. But the number, the 99... It's kind of plain, right? Yeah. Stacy Lewis, Orem. Adrian. Is it like a black parallel to 99? What's what's up with that? I'm on gogts.net right now trying to find out. I put the or is it that the stuff. rookies do something different?
4: <gasps> wow! Boom! Oh! <gasps>
1: Oh! my goodness! And I don't want to give. He wow. had to turn off his microphone. He's cursing right now. He's cursing that he has to give this away. Oh! Wow! No, he's not cursing. He's hunting for protection right now. This moment, Danielle Kang rookie autograph relic card is that a shirt shirt relic in there rob dual, dual shirt relic numbered to 149. Oh, wow. that is crazy big big hits wow tonight very very cool
0: Wow. Look at that beautiful signature. That's just a great card. Wow. (laughs) Holy cow. David Duvall, Norman Zing, number to nine ninety nine rookie, Julie Inkster, and Cheyenne Woods. All right, four winners. Ivan. Um, actually, I'm going to prize pack this Munoz. Three winners: the Lexi Thompson uh, ball marker, the Danielle Kang, and the Danielle Kang number to nine ninety nine.
1: That's some absolutely insane
0: (sighs) luck tonight. (laughs) Wow. Three Danielle Kangs out of two boxes, a base, a base parallel number to 99, and a rookie dual relic auto number to 149. Unbelievable.
1: That's super awesome. So thank you, Upper Deck, for sending. I can't believe they sent one, much less two. I artifacts it boxes there. when it got
0: here i was like oh.
1: that's really awesome thank you chris carlin and the team at upper deck um and wow yeah danielle kang number four as i mentioned on the ladies tour she's to me she's been what i've seen in in hobby whispers is like this is the one to watch out for so I can't believe that we just did that. Um, so make sure you go to twitter.com slash go GTS live. Check out the tweets on the page. Make sure you retweet. Make sure you're following so that you can be eligible to win. And we've got a few more hobby news segments and updates. And when we get to the end of that, we will draw the winners. And you have to claim your prize if you hear your name called. So you have to stick around for the end of the show to see if you win. Sounds fair, though, right? Absolutely.
0: Uh, Wow. Okay. Exciting. Uh, You guys are absolutely awesome as I look and start to update the poll question. Where do you keep your ultimate high dollar value? Super mega. This is my HODL for life collection. Uh, Stowed away in the dark. 47.6% with 231 of you voting in. A handful of minutes left, so if you haven't, please weigh in. Thank you, everyone, for doing so. Um, Let's see. What's up next? Oh, yeah, I caught a really short video with UFC's Michael Chandler on a recent webcast talking about Panini UFC prism. Mm. So it was pretty cool hearing fighters talk about it on a major podcast. Check this out.
1: Speaking of new beginnings and, and 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 being a part of the ufc and what that leads to uh i had the uh the opportunity a lot of people are are trying to get their hands on this to open up a box of the new panini ufc cards and there i get
5: a michael chandler rookie card no way, look at that dude. Look that at bad that. boy look at that dude. bad boy how co- is it like i i believe correct me if i'm wrong there were no bellator cards right like is this your first trading card ever and if so what does this mean my first trading card ever. Yeah. And and that is truly my, my rookie card. You know I mean? Obviously I am not a rookie, uh, but it was my first fight in the UFC. So therefore it's my, my rookie card. And, and, uh, man, so cool. I mean, just like you, just like every young boy growing up in, in America, I had the Beckett books and you looked them up. I, I collected a lot of hockey cards, a lot of baseball cards growing up. And, uh, man just what a dream come true because we, we we idolize and we look at all these guys and these these players on these cards saying man someday I want to do something that will be so significant that I might end up on a card and here I am 30 something 30 years later man and uh, goodness gracious it feels really cool and uh blessed to be on the panini cards and uh, it's really cool I have I have one of those myself and I'm gonna I was gonna it. ask
1: you're gonna give it to your son right you got to give that yeah. to your son.
5: Yep. I'm going to give that to my son. And, uh, I got a signed Joseph Benavides uh, card in my, uh, in, in my back box of 12. So that was, that was cool. And, uh, yeah, hopefully I continue to do a bunch of cool stuff with Panini. Hopefully, hopefully get a really nice, cool action shot knockout for this, la- this next fight, get another card coming with Panini.
0: One of the great things about the hobby being so hot right now is it just seems there's never a shortage of content for our show. (laughs) A.O. case in point, you know, I'm just scrolling, scrolling. I'm like, oh, check this out, you know? So very cool. Um, no problem. Before we, uh, dive into hotness in the shop i'll look ahead at next week's new releases uh putting out a call for our go gts live q a but don't get too excited because i've already got it pulled this one's coming from pabst beer eight yeah Uh, I wanted to get involved in something he's been talking about Pabst beer eight or bearded beer guy as you might know him you know he writes some of our NASCAR future watch driver profiles and uh, we're going to talk we're going to answer a question from him later on in the program now hot in the shop wow a lot of things happening in the hobby new releases coming at a pretty regular clip. Uh, here's what to look for at your local hobby shop, online retailer, or favorite group breaker
1: next week. Ivan, what do we yeah. kick it off with? We're kicking it off with NBA Panini Contenders basketball cards for the 2020 2021 season. Each box of contenders is going to deliver two autographed cards featuring the top rookies and one of the most popular rookie autograph sets, the highly anticipated rookie ticket autographs that's right contenders is back with uh, a new set and there's tons of parallels this year including rookie cracked ice tickets optochrome premium edition gold and then as you just saw those clear tickets for the first time featuring hard signed autographs on acetate as well as tons of various insert sets including those die cuts cracked ice superstars check those out Now, I don't know if those are going to be the rare ones or if the License to Dominate are going to be the rare ones. uh, But you can expect that at least some of these will be rare chase autographs or rare chase inserts as well as the autographs. And there's some uh, ticket swatches this year. So I I don't know that in every year past we've seen swatches and contenders with autographs, but there are this year. So check out all of those cool hits. And, of course, you know the rookie class you're chasing. LaMelo, Weissman. Cole, Anthony, uh, uh, who's Thundercats guy, Anthony Anthony Edwards, Anthony Edwards. Thank you. Uh, lots of great rookies to chase this year, as well as the veterans that you love. So check out contenders, basketball and hobby shops this week. While you
0: do that, we're going to head from the hardwood. To the ice with 2021 Upper Deck Trilogy NHL hockey cards. Checklist is posted at GoGTS.net as of today. Uh, Let's see. Two autos or memorabilia cards plus two numbered rookie cards or rookie inserts and... Two numbered parallels in every box. Very cool. As always, Trilogy, once again, features a unique 50-card base set and offers three versions of rookies to collect. Recapping that box break again, two autos or memorabilia cards, two numbered rookie cards or rookie inserts, two numbered parallels. The Trilogy 50-card set, those three versions of rookies, uh, include top veteran stars, Common rookies numbered to 999, uncommon rookies numbered to 499, rare rookies numbered to 299, and then rookies triple numbered to just 99. Lucky collectors will find rare autograph and or memorabilia parallels of each grouping highlighted by purple autos for select vets all the way down to tag patch parallels for rare rookies find more rookie cards with rookie renditions and new rookie super stage insert set popular signature puck insert sets are also back a lot more going on with that manufactured puck with a hard signed autograph trilogy also features four amazing hard signed plexiglass inserts to be on the lookout for autofocus crystallize scripted hall of fame plaques and the all new uh auto rookies plus there's triple memorabilia cards and more trilogy where threes are wild
1: <laughs> i don't quite i don't understand that that last part but uh you got a chuckle out of me since there's no audience feedback you made me laugh rob <laughs> Live show. This is what you get. Uh, Hey, next week, we've got some exciting football cards, too. Hot on the heels of the NFL draft. We have 2021 Leaf Metal Draft football cards. Two configurations, both Hobby and Jumbo as if the hobby boxes with five autograph cards per box didn't already have enough for you this year, there's a jumbo configuration with nine autograph cards, plus one slabbed one-on-one autograph card, uh, featuring some of the top prospects from this year's draft class in the NFL, including, you know, the names you come to expect, right? Uh, Oh, I hit, I hit play. I can't hear audio. Uh, Justin Fields, uh, look for um, Najee Harris, Kyle Pitts, Trey Sermon, uh, Kyle Trask, Sean Wade, uh, Travis Etienne, and Mac Jones, among many others in this hot looking product. So 2021 Leaf Metal Draft football cards in hobby shops this week
0: back to the ice for just a quick second. There is a 2021 upper deck NHL rookie box set, uh, 20 sets per case, 25 cards per set. Why did I tell you how many sets are in a case? In case you want to guarantee yourself an autograph. Yep. One box in every case will contain a bonus 26 card, which will be a rare rookie autograph card. The 25 card set includes the top rookie prospects from this year, including number one overall uh, draft pick Alexis Lafreniere of the New York Rangers. This will be in stores
1: next week. Big box and hobby. Any word on if Kirill Kaprazov is in it, though, as well? I would imagine so. i imagine, but we need a checklist. Checklist now. You can tell who in, among this duo has a case on pre-order. Do uh, you really? Do you really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're, they're 20 bucks you. a box. Good it's not you. that crazy. You know, it's less than a dollar a rookie. You know, mm-hmm. throw in the chance at an auto. We'll see. So, and the chance of an Alexis Lafreniere auto, you're laughing Laugh to the Well, that's the bank, why I'm brother. curious if Kirill Kaprizov is in there, too. It just increases your odds. But... Not that one of us has a gambling problem. We'll get back to that next segment. Uh, (laughs) 2020-21 Topps Chrome Bundesliga soccer card. So you see, there really is something for everybody this week in the hobby shops. Uh, This is going to be awesome. Each box of Topps Chrome Bundesliga delivers one autographed card along with six refractor parallels. Uh, If you're new to soccer, you may be learning. If you're old to soccer, you know the Bundesliga continues to cement itself as one of the top league in the world showcasing global soccer superstars and future phenoms. Uh, a few of the names that you know we just saw uh, a minute ago. Yusefa uh, Mukoko may have his uh, Bundesliga debut in here. But perhaps more importantly, this could be one of your last Bundesliga products to feature Erling Holland, who is arguably the hottest name in the sport outside of Messi and Ronaldo, and may very well transfer. To a club in the premier league or in the champions league so great checklist uh lots of chrome lots of shiny stuff all those chrome parallels you like there is a cool uh one in 36 pack insert called top 11 highlighting the top 11 goal scorers from the 2019 20 bundesliga season as well as decade of dominance die cut inserts gotta love seeing die cut inserts and do look for base set short prints Including limited cards featuring the Bundesliga trophy, the Super Cup trophy, and the official Bundesliga match ball from Derby Star. So lots of cool stuff to chase in here aside from just the names. Gotta love seeing that in a chrome set. Look for Topps Chrome Bundesliga soccer cards in hobby shops this next week. And that's a look at what's hot in the shop. That's okay. I got it. We're good. It's all good. So, lots of cool things to chase in hobby shops this week. Uh, you know, Make sure that you're following us on Twitter as well and letting us know, here's a fun thing you can do. Post your hits if you open some of that product and hashtag GoGTSLivePC so that we see it. You know, there's been a lot of debate in the hobby lately about hashtags on Twitter and Instagram. Well, the whole point of them is to help people see stuff. So if you want us to see your hits, use hashtag GoGTSLivePC. Uh, Next up, we have a pretty cool story about a ticket stub super collector. So we don't get to see ticket stubs as much anymore in this digital age. We've seen their values go up on the secondary market. Well, let's watch this video now about a ticket stub super collector. We'll be back shortly with our Go GTS Live QA. In days gone by, fans would probably have saved their ticket stubs from that game as a memento, but actual physical paper tickets have become all but extinct due to the pandemic, and we may never see them again unless you visit this man's house in Kensington. Julian Delgadio introduces us to a neighborhood all-star who has
5: become the ticket master. Fox 5 Neighborhood All-Stars, powered by your San Diego County Toyota dealers.
4: That's how this whole website started. Commercial artwork that was meant to be just thrown away when you're done using the gun going to the game, was all meant to be thrown away. Look how beautiful this stuff is. One fan's trash, might be another's treasure. So I realized those tickets are cool because they they're not only get you in the game, but they're like a little keepsake, a little timestamped keepsake of when you were there and who you're with. And you know, if you clipped out the box score, you know what happened. This is all my Chargers tickets.
5: Meet Russ Havens, who's collected ticket stubs for more than 40 years.
4: Ticket stubs, you have so few of them to begin with. 20,000 people in a basketball arena. And how many of them kept them? How many of them wasted them or poured, poured beer on them? So yeah, the scarcity is what makes it different from baseball cards and it's attached to a specific event.
1: And what started as a hobby turned into an online virtual museum at TicketStubCollection.com.
4: Yeah, I've kind of gotten past the idea of never selling, um, but uh, I've got a couple I really dig on. And this one is even, this one's kind of arcane because it's an event that is just not that well known. But look at that TicketStub though.
1: And it really is a dying art form. Tickets just like this Becoming harder and harder to come by, especially now post-pandemic, with apps like that.
4: Tickets are gonna go away. They've all, they've been going away gradually for the last 15 years, uh, but now, as with a lot of things, COVID has pushed that right to the edge. I don't think any teams will be issuing printed tickets, aside from emergency, crappy Ticketmaster styles. Uh, really, they're not gonna be used. It's all gonna be you know show your phone, scan your QR code, and you're in.
1: Russ started selling his collection 18 months ago, and despite the cynicism towards the ticket industry, it's easy to appreciate its dying art. I mean, he's, he's like a donkey kicking the National League team. In Kensington, Julian Delgadio, Fox 5 Sports. Some of those older tickets really did have some great artwork, and if you know of an all-star in your neighborhood, please let us know. Visit our website, fox 5 click on sports, and then nominate a neighborhood all-star. You can also nominate through our Fox 5 app. All right, so that was pretty cool. Uh, love seeing stories like that. Uh, we're still working to bring Rob into the show, but I'm going to go ahead and talk about the Go GTS Live Q of the week. Uh, I guess uh, Pabst Beer Guy, thank you so much for helping out moderating in chat. Thank you for writing uh, NASCAR future watches for GoGTS.net. Uh, which again, if you're new to the show. GoGTS.net is a card website that has checklists, has product information, has sell sheets, has what to expect when you rip. Also has a column on there called Future Watch. So if you're ripping a product you don't know as much about, like a NASCAR product, you pull that rookie card and you say, who is this Elliot Chase? I have no idea. You go to GoGTS.net's Future Watch for NASCAR, and you read Brad's column on it, or you go to their Future Watch for soccer or hockey. We get some of the best experts in cards and their respective sports to write these for us. So really great articles. That said, uh, we're uh, we're co-opting a little bit more of your, your information uh, today today. Pabst Beer guy, because this is a great question that you asked yesterday on Twitter. So twitter.com slash Pabst Beer 8. He wrote, if you got a player's first career home run, what would you do? Keep it or ask something for it? And he ran a poll and, you know, it's easy to be uh, altruistic in what if situations. But I honestly believe that this is pretty true only eight percent said they would keep it 33 percent said other and about 28 29 each said ask for an autographed bat or ask for a signed jersey so pretty evenly split um i actually voted in this poll so i was excited to see this uh question be brought up for us to discuss um i voted other because honestly i would just give it you know i feel like a lot of players would would respond with something or, or, you know, maybe they may pay forward something else as well, but man, what a story. And first off, the odds of them turning out to be Mickey Mantle or Ken Griffey Jr. where that first career home run is worth a hundred thousand to a million dollars are actually still pretty slim. So what's wrong with just being a nice person and instead of gambling on that and holding that from a young kid, a young guy who just did something monumental in their life I'd give it back. Um, but lots of great responses on that thread. Lots of great people in the hobby responding on that thread. Um, you know, just having the chance to hand them the ball, I think, would be pretty cool, which echoes what Pat Pedula said. I just want to hand, personally hand them the ball. So, very awesome. Um, great question there. Remember, if you have questions about the hobby, hit us up with that hashtag, GoGTSLiveQA. We will be happy to answer them for you. So uh, that said, uh, should we just roll on? Because I've got a list of winners to announce. Uh, Okay. Okay. Oh, I just heard him. I just heard him. Did you hear him? Am I here? Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> That's okay. We're at the tail end of the show, so we'll just power through now that Rob is back. Rob, how are you? I would keep
0: it. I would just so you know, I would keep it. I'm one oh. of those people that I would I would I would take oh. the long gamble. What? I'd take I'd take the long gamble that they're the next
1: Sosa, Maguire, Bonds. There is a selfish person in the hobby and they are in this room with us right now. We found yeah. that one selfish person. Well, wait a minute.
0: What is the premise? Did the does the player really want it back? It just says, if you got, I mean, was there a know, question but... before this? It just, I'm just, how reading. do I,
1: how do I run a Twitter poll that only major league baseball players will answer? That's what I want to know. Cause <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask that question you just asked and get an honest, uh, an honest feedback. Uh, so I'm going to type that myself and we'll see what, what happens. So you carry on for two seconds. I got to type this up and then we'll do some winners.
0: All right. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, Like if it's I know when it's a player's first puck scored in hockey, a lot of times you see the players go and get it and then give it to them. All right. So, I mean, I don't know. I think for the most part, baseball players are a bunch of prima donnas and are pretty arrogant anyway. So, yeah, I think I'm just going to keep it and roll the dice that they're they're going to be
1: like a a big deal. All right. Well, look, I just made it so that only Major League Baseball players can respond to my question. Because I put up the caveat, only respond if you are a former or current Major League Baseball player. And we know how well that works on the Internet. So that's a personal question, though. I asked that from Twitter.com slash WatchTheBreaks. Tagged Pabstbeer. Thank you, Pabstbeer, for being our our second asset tonight. You are an asset to the hobby, Brad. Uh, I hope we can see you in Chicago in a few months. That said, it's time for us to give back. We've given you information, we've given you entertainment, and now we're just going to straight up give back. We have 14 items to give away tonight. Oh, yay. Yeah, which means Rob is going to be doing a ton of shipping. So whatever you think about his opinions on the hobby, be grateful. He's doing a ton of shipping for all of you. Uh, He's spending his Saturday morning doing this shipping. So... If you hear your name called, make it easy on Rob, make it easy on us. Email us go GTS Live at gogts.net, the name of the show at the name of the website that we talked about. Email us your name, your mailing address, what you won, and your Twitter handle. Just think, hey, what would I need to mail this to somebody and what makes it easy for them to match it up? And get us all that information should be sim- relatively simple. Um, I see some recurring names on here, some repeat winners, some people that have watched the show since around episode one. I also see some new names. So hey, we always got to share that information again. Yep. What, another box? Oh, oh, another, oh
0: hey. It's an ultra pro turn. <laughs>
1: there you go. I see now. I was looking at my spreadsheet. But uh, if you'd pulled out another box, I would have told you, save it for next week. <laughs> um, But yeah, because we got to get out of here. But thank you, everybody, for watching. So starting off with from that first box of Artifacts Golf, we have two Aurum hits plus the Lexi Thompson rookie card, which is numbered. Those are going to Adam Davidson, 24. Congratulations, Adam Davidson, 24. The Ben Crane from that box is going to Rick Ellis 85. Congratulations, Rick Ellis 85 on the Ben Crane uh, from Artifacts. Uh, I'm going to call this the second biggest hit. The Luke List auto patch number to 25. Yeah, I'm that big of a believer in Daniel King. So the Luke List auto patch to 25 goes to New York loves D-Dub. Congratulations, New York loves D-Dub. And then that Danielle Kang numbered to ninety nine rookie. So there's a three Danielle Kangs tonight. The number to ninety nine is going to Nate Dog five zero seven five. Congratulations, Nate Dog. Awesome. Now going to Topps UEFA Champions League Museum Collection. Uh, starting off with the Musiala uh, rookie card plus the Step jersey. <laughs> Stepnowski Stepanovsky uh, big name jersey it was going to Mibu 22 congratulations Mike Mibu 22 the Philippe Anderson autograph is going to at PT Sports 19 congratulations PT Sports 19 on the Philippe Anderson auto and then the Danny Caravel auto is going to Brandon 69 yep there's lots of n's in Brandon Brandon 6'9 is winning the Danny Caraval autograph. And then the Yusefa Mukoko, number to 99, and the Robert Lewandowski, number to 25, is going to Susie Corcoran. Susie Corcoran, congratulations, Susie. I believe you're a first time winner, and you just got a huge prize pack from Topps Museum Collection. Hey, we've got three baseball hits to give away, three autographs, one of which has a bat relic. First one, Evan White Auto is going to our good friend Grady Fish and C. Congratulations, Grady Fish and C, on the Evan White Auto. The Geo Ursella Auto is going to at A.M. Zags. Congratulations at A.M. Zags. And then the Jim Rice autograph bat is going to at Tommy's five four three two one. At Tommy's five four three two one. Congratulations. All right. Finally, we had a second surprise box of artifacts with three awesome hits. Uh, the Lexi Thompson ball marker is going to be the first one. That's going to Josh Kidwell, 29. Congratulations, Josh Kidwell, 29, winner of the Lexi Thompson ball marker. The Daniel Kang numbered to 999 base rookie card is going to Levi Nelson, and whoa, that Daniel Kang autograph relic, numbered to 149, is going to 714 Sports Cards. Congratulations, Cali Cubs Cheesehead! 714 Sports Cards wins the Daniel Kang <clears throat> autograph, numbered to 149. What a show! Packed it
0: in. Absolutely, it was awesome lot of stuff going on thanks for holding down the fort there well i think what happened was i jack i i my cord was tangled up and i think i just pulled it out of the jack a little too much um i want to give a special thanks to emily Kless for dropping us a package this week obviously the folks at upper deck for hooking us up thanks to dj for joining us from panini america um tracy hackler says to expect a package And so I I can't wait to share with you guys what we'll be breaking from Panini next week. James and I are going to get together and we're going to host a Twitch subscriber break um, sometime probably next week of Chronicles football. Uh, So if you're not a Twitch subscriber, you might want to get in on that. One of the great things about when we do these Twitch subscriber exclusive breaks, you don't have to be watching to win. Unlike tonight's show. Um, thanks to James Gale for coming up with a great poll question and holding down the fort behind the scenes, Ivan, as always, all the work that you do and, um, Hey, for you guys tuning in, hanging out with us for a couple hours, you guys have a great weekend. We'll be back with a brand new episode of go GTS live, the hobbies web show next week. And in the meantime, always be collecting and more importantly, be the change you want to see in the world. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.